Hey there, it's Andrea, and I'm here to wish you a week of happiness and gratitude, no matter where you live and what you celebrate in the days ahead. And today I want to offer you my gratitude for tuning into the 15-Minute Matrix podcast and working together to rethink the ways we do healthcare. I also want to acknowledge that holidays can be complicated for many reasons, but so much in life can be complicated, including health and how to help those we care for achieve their optimal or desired health outcomes. Today, I offer you a replay episode with my friend, Dr. David Hazy. Like me, Dr. Hazy uses systems thinking to solve complex problems and activate critical thinking. This is a great episode to listen to while cooking or walking off a big meal or doing whatever you choose to do in your quiet time this week. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I do. Hello, this is Dr. David Hazy, and today we're going to be mapping systems thinking and systems medicine on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be talking with one of my heroes in functional medicine, Dr. David Hazy. Dr. Hazi is a medical doctor, teacher, and innovator who is completely obsessed with what creates health. Dr. Hazi received his medical training at Vanderbilt University and completed his residency in family medicine at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. He is board certified in family medicine, integrative holistic medicine, neurofeedback, and functional medicine. He's the founder of Maxwell Clinic. CMO of Maxwell Biosciences, Medical Director of Zymogen, Core Faculty for the Institute for Functional Medicine, best-selling author of Curiosity Heals the Human, and is a recognized leader in the emerging field of systems medicine. This may very well be one of my favorite episodes of the podcast, so get ready for clinical pearls of a very different sort. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix, Dr. Hazi. Hey, Andrea. It's so great to be here. You're one of my heroes in the world, really making changes out there, and I so appreciate what you do. Oh, thank you, Dr. Hazi. You are one of my heroes. In fact, the entire functional nutrition matrix is based off of words I heard you speak, the story on the left, the soup in the middle, and the skill on the right side of the matrix. And I know today we're gonna go into the interstitial space and we're gonna talk about the lines on the matrix and what you and I love to talk about, which is systems thinking. So what do you say about systems thinking in health and medical care? You know, it's a great question. And thanks for talking about my little S's, right? You, you know, you use three of them, but I have about 29 S's uh, that describe different it. parts of the system, right? So that's why you're a better teacher than I am. <laughs> 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 you drill it down. And so but systems are, you know, 
life is a system. One of the challenges I had is, you know, when I was at uh, Mayo, you'd be trained and practicing in Mayo Clinic, um, I just started to get uh, absolutely overwhelmed by the fact that we were naming, blaming, and taming diseases. Mm. And instead of stepping back and saying, wow, what's going on here? How do we create health? And if you want to think about creating health, you have to address the system. You have to work with reality as reality is. And that's really what systems medicine is about. This quest is really how do we best describe reality so that we can have the most effective interventions for the problems that we face in this reality. It's so interesting to me, Dr. Hazi, how hard it is to get not just patients, but also practitioners into this systems thinking out of the X for Y, out of the naming, blaming and taming. You probably remember this talk as well as I do. Dr. David Jones spoke at an Institute of Functional Medicine annual conference years ago about where we've lost intuition in medicine. And I think intuition comes in the systems thinking. We can actually teach intuition if we step back and look at it through the systems and pay attention to those lines. And this is what really angers me about where we've gone in medicine, how we've really adopted not just the X for Y, but evidence as the only source of truth. But the way I look at it in this frustration is that every crisis is an opportunity, Mm. right? The crisis in our thinking, the real problems people have are because we're not looking at the world in a real way. Right. You know, many problems that exist in relationships is because we maybe oversimplify who this human is. And if we seek to understand that we open up huge possibilities for changing. And likewise, in medicine, when we seek to understand, when we're asking questions uh, that haven't maybe been asked before, that invites us into this realm of systems. And that is the lines, the things that connect all of these hubs, immune and inflammatory balance, environment, oxidative stress, detoxification, hormones, mind, body, spirit, structural integrity, gastrointestinal. They are the questions that we ask. Mm -hmm. And, And it is curiosity is what heals the human. That's a fundamental part. As soon as we're curious, we recognize, wow, the world is so much bigger. And I find that patients get this so much faster than providers too, because they have so many fewer premature cognitive commitments that this is the way the world is. And they're open to saying, huh, you're right. I have a problem. It hasn't been solved yet. Therefore, I should be open to thinking differently. Yes. And Systems medicine has nothing to do with different content. It has to do with recognizing that all of reality is connected somehow. And sometimes and we're looking for the relevant connections that go on. And the matrix helps us to focus our mind in this complex reality of where should we start first? Mm-hmm. Where is the most leverage to help this beautiful tensegrity structure, this interlocking system of tension and structure, how do we approach the human as a complex interrelated whole? And that's what the matrix is about, to give us a two-dimensional visualization of a multi-dimensional reality that we happen to live in, time and space and energy and all this complexity we don't see. We focus on what we can know and can act upon. I love how you are articulating this. And I think what you're saying happens in medicine, happens in nutrition as well, where people think that they should be adopting a certain diet or a certain technique like intermittent fasting, and they're not understanding how it impacts their system, right? We have to go back to this systems thinking that allows us to see what is appropriate for you 
right now. One of the areas where I find the lines really blend and a lot of my student practitioners have confusion is between the triggering events and the mediators. There are a lot of blurring of the lines there because a trigger could also be a mediator and vice versa. So when you look at those lines in the story, where's the blurring of those lines between the antecedents, triggers and mediators? I really focus that antecedents enables that patient to tell their story, mm-hmm. to recognize that they came from a place, that this moment in time is a tiny piece of what their experience is. And they have a biologic history, they have a social history, they have everything that brought them to that moment in time. That gives people permission for this process to take a little longer than a week. Right. (laughs) Right. Took a lifetime to get here. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for invitation for people. And then when we come to triggers and mediators, um, I really see those. I'm so glad you said you have a difficulty with that because I don't think these are two categories. I think this very much is a blurred category. Right. Many things are triggers and then they become mediators. Exactly. And it's not so important that we put them in the right box. What's important that we recognize that there's a relationship here between this interaction, between our environment, our genome, our connectome, how we're wired in our brain, and then how the symptoms and metabolism may be perpetuated on. I do a lot of quantitative EEG, brain mapping, neurofeedback, transcranial magnetic stimulation, all kinds of interesting brain interventions. So we can look at the connectome. So we can literally see the networks as they're interacting in the brain. And a triggering event could be a head injury But then the head injury itself is going to cause a triggering event of certain metabolism, cellular death, release of glutamate, and now you create an inflammatory milieu and a self-exciting environment to where those neurons become ongoingly injured and perpetuated forward. And so in order to solve that, we have to harness all of the S's. We literally have to harness what is right for that person. So the mediators go directly back into the matrix itself and the fundamental lifestyle behaviors that according to that. So I don't spend as much time on getting things categorized correctly as asking, where can I do the most good for this patient? And Andrea, can I say something about complex patients? Please, I was just going to ask you how systems thinking applies to the complex patient. Everybody listening to this, we are complex beings ourselves. Every one of us is created uniquely. We have a unique set of experiences and exposures. We are unique. And that means everything we do in our health is an experiment of one. And everything that we do as healthcare providers with a patient is an experiment of one. And that's just being honest. Everything is an experiment of one. And each one of us come into these healthcare relationships uniquely. We have unique strengths, unique weaknesses. We have knowledge bases, but we all have what is a bias. And I think the most important thing to really care for complex, chronically ill people is to recognize that that patient has a bias. They have a set point that myself as a practitioner, I have a bias. Humans have bias. That's what makes us unique from a personality standpoint is our accumulation of different biases or set points of looking at the world. And many times when we get the most frustrated by not being able to make progress on someone, it's because we are trapped in our own bias. We're not able to actually see a different world because we think we know what we're seeing. And it's at that time, it's important to focus on the lines. It's important to focus on the connectivity between what are the other areas in this person's function and well-being that have opportunity 
by which I may be more blinded towards. And bringing other members in on the team, or at least just even acknowledging what is it that is my weakest point in this entire matrix. When we look at the human brain and how it functions, we avoid brain pain. We tend to avoid it or disparage it or just flee. We just want to get away from the brain pain because our brains don't like it when things don't make sense. If you're experiencing brain pain, you just have to be honest with that and go, wow, this is a gift. I am getting a signal from my neurologic system that there is something missing here. And this is a great opportunity for this patient. It's a great opportunity for me to learn. And so that discomfort is what is like one of the best things that can happen in your life if you embrace it in that way. I love what you're talking about here, Dr. Hazi, because really that pain is what keeps us stuck and keeps the patient stuck. And that's what I love about the matrix. It allows us a chance to step back and look, where am I focused? What am I missing? What am I trying to solve? And what could be something that needs to be addressed that I'm not thinking about? And just as an example, my son has allergies and we've dealt with it in every way I know how to deal with allergies all of the microbial balance and eliminating foods and bringing in the right herbs. And he's done this entire life, right, of managing his allergies. And one night several years ago, we were watching a movie and I was sitting next to him and I was like, do you always breathe like that? Because his breathing was so loud. And he was like, yeah, this is how I breathe all the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've been missing a structural problem because my lens is so geared towards the physiological. What a great example. I took them in and they're like, wow, that's the most deviated septum we've ever seen. And we've now like done the surgery for his deviated septum, but it took me years to get there of trying to correct it in every other way. And this is somebody who's literally right under my nose. (laughs) There's a good example of where I was not stepping back. I was doing everything through the GI, the immune and inflammatory balance, environmental inputs, looking at oxidative stress, detoxification, was working on all these areas. And here we had a complete structural imbalance. You bet. And that really brings to mind that systems medicine is hard to market. Yes, it is. Right? You know, whenever I hear somebody say health begins in the gut, Mm -hmm. I want to smack them upside the head. Because as much as important as nutrition and the gut health and all that is, no, this is a system. And for many people, you bet, especially in our current culture, a lot of disease begins in the gut. But that's not being accurate. So marketing tends to work on reductionism. Yes. Marketing tends to work on boiling things down to a level that is emotional and gives the people the hallucination that, oh, the answer is right here. But really good medicine, really good healthcare doesn't work that way. It works in a matrix. It works in a system. And we know this in ourselves. And that's what we desire for our own healthcare. Embrace your discomfort. Embrace the fact that you don't feel adequate. That is one of the best things that could happen to you. It's the truth of being a clinician. Toward that end of what you're talking about, I feel the same way about the marketing of root cause right now. I feel like it's leaving patients and physicians thinking that there is a root 
And there are many roots. I call them root causes because there's an S on the end because we need to look at root causes. So I have this same frustration that we are actually marketing a reductionist thinking about complex uh -huh. people and systems. So this wow. conversation, well yeah, I mean, just we're well right said. on the same page, Dr. Hazi. But tell me before we let you go, how do you take this forward into your realm of medical intervention? What are you doing in the world to bring this systems thinking alive in healthcare? I've been in this functional integrative world for you know over 20 years now. I teach for IFM, teach for other organizations, and I love teaching. My passion is how do we find what works and whom when? Yes. And, and I find that I'm doing this because I want so deeply to understand and be confronted with what I don't know. We love going into these heuristics. They're great yes. for business models, yep. but they're not good for human health. Yep. And so you know, I've really been embracing this mystery, learning about how can we help break our own biases and find opportunities for healing when what we've done so far has been inadequate. We're actually using a new systems intervention. I'm doing research into something called apheresis. This is where we actually exchange people's plasma, looking at hitting the largest reset button possible for the most complex chronically ill patients, even in neurodegeneration. I love the opportunity to get to practice medicine this way. How do we be the change we wanna see in the world? And mm -hmm. so in order to practice good systems medicine, we need to act like a system, not a whole bunch of islands. Right, beautiful. Thank you so much, Dr. Hazi. Thank you for the work you do in the world and the ground you're paving for us all to go forward. Well, Andrea, thank you for getting the word out. Thank you for being such a great communicator of what's going on and drilling down in ways that people can understand and be positively impacted by. I really appreciate you. Oh, I'm flattered, thank you. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, Carla Schaefer on sound production, as well as Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, you can go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a short reminder that a new episode is ready for you. You have an open invitation to email us. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can always email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. That's ask at 15minutematrix.com.